Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is episode 33, and we're back in the Talking Lead quarters. Double trace. Yes, sir. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, Firearms Radio Network, Bandwidth Sponsor, FirearmsRadio.tv. Holder and Green Professional Real Estate Services, HG Press. Call them at 1-800-615-1840, extension 2222. And they can help you with all your Middle Tennessee real estate needs. All or Nothing Tattoo Studio. That's allornothingtattoo.com. And their gun-friendly merchandise, shirts, all kinds of stuff with their tattoo logos. Strangleholdmerch.com. And we've got a couple of new ones got that we'll, dis- ones we'll discuss announce. a little bit more later. We'll, we're, we're, we'll kind of go into a whole commercial for them. But we officially have Rob Pincus and ICE Training on board. And we have U.S. Elite Gear. Yep us-elitegear.com and if you go to us-elitegear.com and you enter the code talking lead you will get a nice little discount left hand i think from some noises i hear in the background we have a special we guest connected? with us have yeah. we been tuned in to overseas yeah i think we are completing we've tracked him down finally yeah <laughs> we, we've had <laughs> reaper zero one we've had reaper zero two we had them out of order um, and now we are completing Ron and Doug. Ron and Doug, and we are completing the Reaper trilogy with John Bell. Episode thirty-three. We have the Reaper, Reaper trilogy. trilogy. Yep, that's yes. awesome. <laughs> How's it going, John? Welcome in. I, I'd rather be last than never called. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> not that we didn't try. <laughs> but, but I know, I know, Ron. He's a big ham, and Doug's a big ham. So they kind of probably fought over who was first, huh? Yeah, he's coming on the show. Ron had some good stories for us. Yeah, yeah. Doug lucked out because he lives like fifteen minutes from me. So. <laughs> He's, he's, probably, he's probably one of those guys that show up on the door every day. Can I can I be on the show, guys? Please come on, come on. I'm ready. He's close to the lead quarters. Yeah. Now we, you guys got to um, move shop somewhere else so he can't find you. Well, we try to move it around every week, but he finds us uh, occasionally. <laughs> Damn internet. <laughs> Now you were you were starting to tell us a little story about Reaper Zero One. I was like, oh, I got to get this on air. So, uh, what was going on with that? Well, when we were talking prior to this, you guys were telling about Reaper Zero One having a lot of good stories and stuff like that, and you know how you had to edit it. And you know, we went to Hilton Head for Fourth of July weekend. There, we went for five days, and we just pull in. I always, you know, I have my daughter with me. She's thirteen. My brother seems to like to, you know, swear once in a while. So. <laughs> He made a bet with my daughter for every time he swears, he has to pay her a dollar. <laughs> oh, no. So we were already paying high dollar for room and board there, you know, so <laughs> Help I didn't know if he brought his American bit. Express. I didn't know if he brought his American Express gold card or not, you know. <laughs> and so by the end of the trip, there was, uh, I think, $45 changing hands into our college fund. So <laughs> nice. that was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy bet right there, wasn't it? That's awesome. Uh, probably the easiest money she'll ever make right there. <laughs> so hang on. Uh, left hand, we got a we got a call coming in. Uh, John, hang on one second. We got another uh, caller that just called in a world-class shooter, actually. He's a world champion shooter uh, who has uh, recently set some amazing records yeah so uh we got max michelle on the phone max how's it going man hey guys how's it going good good doing well hey man we appreciate you calling in so you're down in new orleans right 
I am, yeah, I am. Just just north of New Orleans. I'm just, on the, the other side of the lake. So. Just flew in, right? So you're just kind of doing a little layover at the house. Where'd you get in from? That's it. You know, that's I, I pay my bills here, but I don't really live here, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, I just came back from Europe. I, I spent uh, spent some time out in Finland, and it was a lot of fun there. Nice. Were, were you there for competition or something? Or Yeah, a little bit of everything. You know, a little bit of both. Uh, I was out doing some training and working with some guys, uh, doing some shooting with some buddies I had, I had met and visited last year. And then there was a competition on the back end, uh, which was pretty unique because what I do here in the States is obviously geared toward what everybody does around here for the action shooting sports. But to, to go sure. over there, I was, I was just on the border of Russia and, and Finland, and uh, was, I was shooting in some of the Russian competitions, and that was a lot of fun. It was quite, quite a bit different. Nice. So is that your first time? overseas for for competition uh, no you know i i started my first my first overseas competition was back in 99 and that's when i first joined the uh the army shooting team and and since then it's just been kind of a whirlwind traveling all across the world and, and shooting lots of matches so you were in the army first and is that how you got into competitive shooting uh, actually i got into competitive shooting uh through my father you know he we as i said you know we i actually grew up in in the city of new orleans and the crime started getting worse and worse so we, we moved <laughs> wait, out of town wait, wait a minute where are we going with this <laughs> what were you compet- <laughs> what were you competitively shooting when the crime was getting bad <laughs> Well, the crime was getting bad, so we moved out, you know, so we got out of there. And when we got out, we happened to move re- relatively close to a gun range. And, you know, it was it was just a coincidence that my dad enjoyed shooting, and we happened to live near this gun range. So he got there and started shooting more and more. And, I mean, I do I did what every other young boy did, and I would just kind of follow my dad. And I was five years old going to the gun range with him, and, and, and that's kind of how I got started. You know, we would shoot in the evenings and go to go to competitions over the weekends and things like that, and it kind of progressed from there. Awesome. So Max, would you say that your your specialty is speed shooting? Exactly. Yeah, I would say my specialty would be speed shooting. Correct. Oh, gotcha. Now we've got a, another friend of the show that he'll, he, you actually beat him to coming on, so it may mean you're quicker. Is uh, <laughs> and I never pronounce <laughs> his last quicker. name right. It's Casey something. Us, Usib. Uh, help it, me. You know what? He, it doesn't even matter. We don't have to talk about him. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, talk okay. about, right? How do you say his last name? <laughs> Eusebio. Eusebio. There you go. <laughs> Eusebio. Yeah, he's he's a good friend of mine. He's like a little brother to me. You know, we uh, I've been, I've watched him. I mean, he's I'm not much older than he is, but I've watched him kind of come up from just a tiny little skinny guy to <laughs> he's not much bigger now, but he shoots much faster. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Now he's known for speed and shooting too, right? Exactly. Okay, correct. gotcha. Yeah. Tell us and our listeners what's involved with speed shooting competitions. How do those break yeah, down? You know, yeah, and I mean, there, there's many different competitions that you can enter, but, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to say that it's, you know, when I say speed shooting, it doesn't mean that we don't have to hit the targets. You know, the the, the problem is is pretty much anybody can shoot fast, and, and with proper training, most people can shoot accurately, but it's finding that unique skill of being able to shoot fast while remaining accurate enough. And what I mean by enough is acceptable accuracy. You know, so sometimes the target is, um, you know, 12 inches in diameter. Sometimes it's 18 by 24. Other times it's much smaller. Wow. So it all depends on the distance and the difficulty of the targets of how fast we're going to engage them. But basically what a speed shooting competition is, is there's multiple targets in front of you and somebody, uh, the range official is behind you and he gives you the ready command. And once you hear that buzzer, that's your, your time to go. And once that buzzer goes off, that's the, the clock is actually running from that point. And when you fire your last shot, the clock will stop. Uh, by by sound. Now, when that happens, there you have your overall time. Let's say it's you know ten seconds uh, for, to complete a course of fire, and then they want to go down there and see what you actually hit on those targets, and then they'll start deducting points from you, 
you know, once you start getting out of what we call the alpha zone, which is essentially our X ring, mm-hmm. um, and they start deducting points, and um, so it, it it can add up pretty quickly. You know, we have penalty targets and procedurals and, and things like that and rules that we have to follow. But essentially, we're trying to go as fast as we can possibly go by remaining, you know, pretty much as accurate as possible. Because once you get to the top of the game, that's how you win. You know, for for many years it was hey, just go as fast as you can and try to hit the targets. Well, nowadays it's go as fast as you can, and you better be hitting the center 95% of the time or somebody else is going to win. So it gets it gets pretty difficult when you have to shoot fast and hit things. <laughs> right. Fast right. and accurate, yeah. Give us a, just kind of a, from your point of view, one of your favorite competitions, speed shooting competitions, from start to finish. Take us through that scenario. Yeah, I would say, I mean, again, I compete in so many different aspects and so many different sports, but probably right now one of my favorite sports that I compete in in speed shooting world is uh, the Pro-Am Championship. And that's based down in Frostproof, Florida, just south of Orlando, uh, by the USPSA president, Phil Strader. He actually runs the event and and brought it back to life because years ago it was on ESPN, I guess, but uh, he brought it back to life a couple years back, and it's it's just a blast, absolute blast. Essentially what it is, is it's eight separate courses of fire, and each course of fire could have anywhere from 30 to 50 pieces of steel that you have to knock down. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and the unique thing about this is it's just a straight drag race. Uh, All the top guys are out there shooting against one another with the same equipment, the same gear, so if you have a compensator and an optic, so do I, or whatever the case is, we're, you know, we're all running in the same division, so you have the top pros competing against one another. But the cool thing about it is is it's all knockdown steel, so it makes yeah. it great for viewers at home. Steel don't and lie, does it? <laughs> exactly. It doesn't lie. It either falls or it doesn't. You know? and, and, and the unique thing, though, is they'll set what we call a part-time, meaning, okay, they'll say, hey, Zeke, you have you know, 12 seconds to go down and knock down as many targets as you can. You ready? Go. No. <laughs> and you just have to quickly identify, you know, what targets you want to hit because the thing, the beautiful thing is if you see a weakness in that particular course of fire, well, you can just bypass it. You can say, well, I'm not very good at shooting, you know, one-handed or I'm not very good at shooting around this awkward position, so I'm going to skip it and I'm going to run down to the end and shoot down more targets over there. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so it, it's a, it becomes a, a mental challenge. Kind more of than a shooter's anything, choice kind of deal. Exactly, but that's my absolute favorite event right now to compete in every year. We only do it once a year, unfortunately, but it's a it's a blast. And like I said, essentially it's it's eight different obstacle courses that you have to navigate through, whether you're running, jumping, crawling, kicking down doors, locating targets, and you just have to shoot them down as quickly as you can before that second buzzer expires. Now, is, uh, it, a, is it a cumulative of all those courses put together into one, or are you doing one course at a time? How how's that work? Correct. Yeah, we're we're doing one course at a time, and and at the end, and they'll they'll basically pay out for the pros. They'll pay out a certain amount of money for each winner of each event, but the accumulative score overall will give you the overall champion. Correct. Cool. Now you were talking about equipment a second ago. What do you shoot? What uh, do you have a certain brand that you prefer, or do you just shoot everything? Or just talk yeah, to us know, about from head to toe on a typical shoot. What your gear is? Yeah. So as far as my gear, you know, I'll start off with uh, the firearm of choice, and and I. Back in 2009, when I separated from the U.S. Army, I kind of had that choice to to go into the pro shooter. I was lucky enough to have a, a few different opportunities to go into a pro shooter job full time and work for myself and and become a contractor for various companies. And and that's you know kind of how I've been making my living the last four to five years. And and I hooked up with a company, Sig Sauer, based out of Exeter, New Hampshire. Wow. Um, you know, I think we've heard of them. Of folks. Yeah. yeah, I think I think most people have heard of them. Yeah, it's a small company. <laughs> uh, but you know, I just I've very blessed uh you know to to go and, and hook up with these guys and and i could have chose a few others but honestly the reason why i went with sig 
I mean, the, the guns, you know, the reliability and the durability speaks for themselves, but it's just the people behind the scenes that you don't see, you know, whether it be the marketing department or anywhere from the top all the way down. Uh, they just made me feel at home and made me feel like a family, and that's what I look for first and foremost in sponsors because, uh, you know, I, I hate to say that these top pro shooters can shoot anything, but they just about can. You know, any yeah. one of these top guys that are out winning competitions, they can take any firearm as long as it works, and they're still going to be great with it. You know, but it's who do you want to associate yourself with uh, is the big thing for me, and, and SIG was just an amazing amazing opportunity for me to work with and um so i use you know i use a number of different firearms from them whether it be a custom firearm that's really not available to the to the public just yet all the way down to some of the production line stuff that i run as well so uh, that's definitely my firearm of choice um and you'll be seeing me shoot that for a very long time hopefully as long as they keep me around unless they figure out that i'm just scamming them and they fire me tomorrow so we'll see. <laughs> now, now do you ever do you ever really shoot a stock gun i mean just straight out of the box I mean, surely you make modifications to every one of them for your competitions, I would think. Yeah, you know, I, I would say I try to keep some of my production guns, you know, we're, when I mean production, I mean just right off the shelf kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not allowed to do very many modifications to them in competitions. That's one of the, one of the things that the So depending on the competition that you shoot depends on... Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Exactly. And, and you know, so I can, I can shoot a very basic, you know, stock... 226 um all the way up to a very high-end custom firearm that was built by one specific person and you know it can run upwards of five or six thousand dollars for just that one firearm so uh, it just depends on what the competition i'm competing in and and, and take it from there are y'all about to start a new season of hot shots or has it already been recorded and it's about to start airing or yeah you know hot shots is an awesome show and it kind of just shows the behind the scenes of a life of a pro shooter and uh, kind of the struggles of what it takes to get there and I filmed with them last year, and we and season two is still currently running right now, reruns. But uh, and we're we're currently filming season three right now, and that will air, I believe, if it does the same that it did last year, it'll air uh, New Year's Eve or around that time frame. So unfortunately, we still have a little bit of ways to go, but we're almost done filming. Uh, we filmed quite a bit, but we still have a few more big events left to go for the year. And tell tell our listeners where they can find that show. Yeah, you know it's gonna be on the Sportsman uh, Channel. It's on the Sportsman Channel right now, as I said, running uh, reruns every Monday night, I believe, at 8 o'clock Eastern mm -hmm. or 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, you know, but check it out at Hot Shots TV, um, whether you check out Facebook or the actual website itself, and, and you can find more information there. But it'll be on Sportsman's Channel once again. Okay. And, and produced by a company based <clears throat> here in Nashville. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, they're great guys. I've worked with them, like I said, for these last couple of years, and it's been great. But I've known them and their camera crew and uh, many of their guys that work with them for years and years in the previous uh, shows that I've worked with. But they're good guys. Just before um, I kind of went off onto my summer tour kind of a thing and, and started shooting really well, I hooked up with a new sponsor, actually based near you guys as well, Italian Gun Grease. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so that's a new sponsor of mine I'm really excited about. Um, so looking for big things and, and hopefully, you know, can, can show, can kind of shed some light on what they're doing and how they're doing it and bring more awareness to that for, uh, for more competition speed shooters, because that's the thing, you know, some of us in the speed shooting world, you know, we're, we're looking for slightly different things than other folks might be looking for. You know, we're not as concerned as, you know, putting on this really thick lubricant that's going to last forever and, you know, that might protect, and, and maybe those things do that, but what we're looking for is something that's going to be able to run these firearms at high rates of speed at extreme temperatures, you know. So for me, um, I'm really excited about this new product with IGG, and, you know, uh, I mean, I'm not typically a superstitious kind of a guy, but since I started using it, 
uh, good things have been happening. I've been winning competitions, and, and the guns have been running flawlessly and setting world records, and good things have been going on. So I'm just continuing to try to spread the word for that. But if you could just delete all my uh, – <laughs> Go ahead and delete you know all my competitors so they can't hear this. You know I don't mind for the guys at home listening to this, but if I got Casey Eusebio listening to this, yeah, just shut him down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> just nix it, right? Yeah. He can't, so he can't know about it. So what we kind of started off with this is is and just to kind of give our listeners an idea of the equipment that you need you know, for, for one of these competitions, head you know head to toe, just kind of go down hat, ears, you know, eyes, what what you wear. Not necessarily yeah, the brand. If you want to throw brands out there, that's fine too. But just to yeah. give just give our listeners an idea of kind of how you need to to gear up for one of these. Yeah, you bet. I think I think first and foremost you need to take care of your eyes when you, your eyes and ears when you're out there. You know, as far as hats, you can wear whatever you like. Um, I definitely recommend wearing a hat for the sun, as well as if uh, brass comes your way, it's always nice to have a deflectant there. Um, but as far as taking care of your eyes and ears, I use Revision Eyewear. Again, it's another it's another military based company that I hooked up with. It's a very good fit for me. Um, and they meet and exceed all the ballistic, all the ballistic, uh, you know, that you're going to need to be, that you're going to need to have when you're talking about shooting. And then as far as hearing protection, um, you know, you just want to look for something that's going to protect you in a, in a manner that's going to allow you to. Some of us have already lost some hearing, but, you know, you want to protect <laughs> that hearing for the future. And, uh, you know, I'm running Pro Ears right now by Altus brand. Uh, it's a great brand, and they use, um, you know, electronic hearing where basically it attacks within a millisecond of the shot being fired. So you can still hear what's going on on the range, but once that shot's fired, you know, it goes ahead and protects your ears, um, and that's and that's going to be absolutely critical. And then, you know, for the rest of the stuff I'm running, uh, as far as my gear, um, you want to make sure you have the proper holster because we're using different holsters and uh, magazine pouches and belts that you might be tip, you know might not typically see in um, in an academy or some of these other larger places. You know, we're we're looking right. for stuff that's going to give us the optimal speed to be able to draw the handgun quickly and safely. And I'm using uh, some stuff out of South Africa, actually. It's uh, the name of the company is CR Speed. I mean, they make a, you know, they make some very good products that mm. are um, that really hard plastic that just won't break, you know. And it's one of those things I've been using for years. Mm. And, and probably years with those life. custom guns that you have too, you have to have them custom made. Your, uh, you know, and, and nowadays they do. They have these holsters that are kind of custom made, but they have these shims that come with them. So you can go ahead and say, you know, I want to run a Sig Sauer today, and or I want to run a Glock tomorrow, and you just simply replace the shims, and it's very versatile. So it's yeah. really nice that you can do that. That's cool. Yeah. You were talking about you broke some records. What records exactly were those that you broke? Yeah, I just got back from the World Speed Shooting Championship down in Florida um, a couple weeks back, and um, we we have basically they 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 score world records off of every event. And for the World Speed Shooting Championship, there's eight separate courses of fire. Each course of fire has five steel plates, and they can range from 10 inches, 12 inches, and 18 by 24 inches, and they go out from seven to 35 yards. And each course of fire, you're going to shoot it five times. And they, they throw out your worst run, and you have to take your best four, good or bad. <laughs> so, um, and then from there, you know, they you get an accumulative score on each event. So they'll they'll have world records for you know for each separate event itself, as well as an overall world record. And for the eight separate events, I actually won first place on six of them, and I believe I was second on the seventh one, and somewhere is around third or fourth on the eighth one. And out of those six that I won, I set four new world records. For the for those events, as well as a new world record for the overall score um, at the competition, so mm. that was a really really big thing, um, really great weekend for me there. And what yeah. what did you do different that kind of got you to that next level? I mean, I, I'm sure it's not like baseball or football. You didn't like roid up for this. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I I wish they were not was a that magic baseball players or, or football players are doing that. Not anymore. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, because they said they're not. Um, and I, now, you know, I, I me, believe every word they say. That's right. You know, I, I mean, I wish there was a magic pill or something like that you can take. But I just think over the years, there's nothing. There's nothing that beats experience, hard work, and dedication in anything you do. Sure. You know, so I I, I find that. Um, you know, I'm, I, I like to pride myself as one of the hardest workers in the sport as far as being out on the range and doing the things that I need to do to get better and stronger and faster. But, you know, I also I also go the extra mile of I hired a personal trainer this year. So for the last six to eight months, I've been doing some physical training that is re- geared toward my sport and what I do. Um, and I don't know how many people are actually out there doing that within my sport, you know. So it's one of them things that I definitely look for that edge there. And like I said, just the, the mental capacity side of things of, you know, having having a family and having so many other more things going on in life that you realize, hey, you know, shooting isn't the end-all, be-all. If you do lose this match, if you do make a mistake here, you're still going to go home and your kids are going to love you, I hope. <laughs> and you're still going to, you know, do things that you, you know, that you love to do. And it just makes me feel more comfortable that way, so it kind of eases my mind there. But, yeah, like I said, just being out there, what I call kind of being out on a battlefield, working with those guys like a KCU Sabio and just kind of going head to head numerous times, you learn how to deal with those match nerves and how to use that adrenaline to your advantage. And uh, this week, you know, or that week when I was out in Florida, I actually brought my family with me. And that's a rare occurrence. I never do that. It's kind of one of those golden rules. I, I like to uh, kind of go off into my own state. You know, I'm with my family 100% of the time and family always first. But once daddy goes to work, um, I'm all, I'm at work 100%. And and this this uh, particular competition, I decided, you know what? Let me just let's have some fun. I'll be down in Florida for you know a couple weeks. I'm gonna miss the kids. Let's bring them. We rented a house, and uh, just kind of being dad in the evenings and working during the day, uh, it was really gave me that great balance to uh, kind of put me over the edge at this competition, and it worked well. That's awesome. And I, I, it sounds like we hear some of that family in the background. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I tried to keep them away. And no, that's awesome. <laughs> we want to. Uh, I'm we sure they the missed real you. <laughs> they're, they're probably yeah, mad at us for monopolizing your time right now. <laughs> no, you know what? It's a funny story. Was uh, people think you know whether it's a pro football player, or basketball player, or even a pro shooter that you're like, oh man, all that guy does is he shoots all day, and man, he's got the greatest. You know, he can do whatever he wants to do. Well, I tell you what, I went to a competition back in 2007, and I set some new. In fact, the World Speed Shooting Championship at the time. That's I won my second one back then. And I set some new world records, and for doing it, they gave you $40,000. It was a huge payday for one day of work. Nice. In fact, it was the largest payday in my sport, um, and it was a big deal. And it was on my wife's birthday. I was all excited, so I come back home. I got these giant checks. You know, they're like the size of <laughs> they're like six feet long or something. You know, I got, baby, baby. I walk in the door, you know, I'm like, baby, look at this. You know, I won 40000 bucks. You know, and she, and she looked at me, and she's like, yeah, well, the baby's diaper over there needs to be changed. Go ahead and get <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well. You take that I'm money and buy some diapers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm home. Back to reality. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it sinks awesome. in. Yeah. Yeah, so they keep me grounded. It's, you know, having family and kids, it's, it's nothing better, and I just truly love it. So, so tell tell listeners a little bit about how they can get a hold and find out more about you, your website. I know you do some trainings and stuff too, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I do a lot of uh, a lot of training. So, um, you know, you can find out more information about me at my personal website, maxmichelle.com, M-A-X-M-I-C-H-E-L.com, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash maxmichelle.us. And you can find out more information there about my sponsors, training, uh, calendar, you know, whether it's results, TV appearances, 
things like that. And you can contact me on email there as well if you have any questions in regards to my sponsors or any questions in regards to the shooting sports in general. I'd be more than happy to help out. Awesome. Cool. So, guys, check out Max on uh, Hot Shots coming up. Was it Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, starting what, December? Is it December when that's starting? I believe it's December 31st. December yes. 31st on the Sportsman's Channel. Awesome, Max. Thanks for calling in. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, no Max. Problem. So how cool is that? That's pretty awesome, man. Um, I, I'd love to uh, check out some of his competition sometime. And why is it I always say, how cool is that, every time somebody calls in? Because yeah, you're fake. <laughs> <laughs> so john we'll, we'll actually get back to you being part of the show this week yeah so so john uh, i know you're are you starting to realize how much of a cluster <laughs> we are <laughs> let me explain something to you guys i'm having flashbacks being on the reaper team <laughs> in a location doing multiple takes and going why the hell is this going on ron don't mess up doug come on john, you're messed up too. <laughs> go this way no go that way <laughs> All right, left hand, Trader. go with it. Okay. <laughs> Tell us what you've been up to. Well, you know, the summer gets me back on track with my real job, which is uh, a fencing supply house here in New Orleans, outside of New Orleans by the airport. But um, I don't get a lot of time to pretty much hunt over the summer except on some property up in Mississippi and kind of been hard at work on putting the green fields together up there and you know, going up there on the weekends and just hanging out and enjoying the break between seasons because we just finished um, airing season two of Reaper Outdoors Survive the Hunt. Right, yeah. And this this gives us some downtime when we're not, you know, running and gunning and going going to this state, to that state, you know. and Give you a little chance to kick to back and thing. really relax, huh? Yeah, do the things that you know, I enjoy at least is kind of hanging out at my property and cleaning up a little bit, getting ready for some archery and breaking away. But um, we just actually came back from a PA groundhog hunt, our annual PA groundhog hunt up in Pennsylvania. Last oh. week we did. We brought a EOD warrior with us, a double amputee. Mm-hmm. And he, um, you know, his name was Brad and we actually, his Code name was Stumpy, they called him, because he owned Stumpy Guns in North Carolina. Cool. And yeah. this, this dude moves around better than most people with two legs. Wow. Great guy. Great guy. Great time. You know, some of the stories that he had, living the life, and living the dream. You know, what these guys love to do in the military. That's got to be motivating. And that's something that you guys are, are big into is the, the EOD Warrior. Yeah. It's EOD Warrior. Foundation. Yeah, These guys are all, you know, there's four military branches that have the EOD right. guys mm-hmm. in it, you know, for the bomb disposal and stuff. So it, it's a good organization, and, you know, we're a part of, like, three organizations, which is SEAL Legacy is one. Yeah. Now, go, that? go ahead. No, I said, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. We just, we just had an interview with them two shows prior to this. Uh, yeah, with Mark McGinnis. Mark McGinnis, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. Had him on the show. And, you know, we, we try to go for the smaller organizations where we can make a, a bigger difference and where, you know, smaller donations can kind of mean more make a bigger to impact, that organization yeah, right. than getting lost in the paperwork. And right. that's what we enjoy doing and, and giving back. You know, because, you, you know, my brother, he's, you know, he's been in the military for 25 years now. And if something happened to him, I'd feel really bad about it and, you know, want to do as much as possible. And this is a way for him and Doug and Ida kind of give back 
Definitely. Right. For our good fortune. So the, the EOD Warrior Foundation, that's kind of a new foundation that we're introducing on the show today. For our listeners to learn more about that foundation, it's eodwarriorfoundation.org. And you can go there and read more about the foundation itself and make donations there. So you're involved with Correct. the EOD Warrior Foundation, SEAL Legacy Foundation, and you were saying there was another one? And then SAL. And what is SAL? Uh, special Operation. Special Operation Wounded Warriors. Okay. And this is like SEAL guys, Rangers, you know, MARSAC guys, you know, all the, the special warfare guys that go out there and a lot of their missions aren't even talked about because they kind of go out there in the dead of the night and do the little secretive things and bad things happen to them guys too. Right. So this, that's a good organization. Again, 100% of the money goes directly to the guys. You know, mm, take gotcha. them on hunts, brings them in. To, you know, that's one of the hunts we do on Taking Bacon, Operation Taking Bacon. We go out there with them guys. Bacon Last good. year when we went there, we had our first double amputee that came out. And actually, um, Bo was his name, uh, uh, another one of my brother's, you know, fellow deals. And he went out there and stabbed two pigs, loved it. He got around. Had some good times with them. For our listeners, they can go to www.sowhunts.com. That's sowhunts.com, Special Operations Wounded Warriors. And you can find out more about that amazing organization and how you can donate to them as well. Hoorah, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right. So, so what is our Jack Wagon of the Week? All right, so this week our jack wagon is this instructor dude up in Ohio that shot one of his students. Shot him in a gun safety class, of all things. <laughs> gun safety class. In Lancaster, Ohio, a firearms instructor accidentally shot a student while teaching a gun safety class to people seeking permits for carrying concealed weapons. says here, Terry Jade, who runs a shooting range and training center, was demonstrating a handgun when he fired a 38 caliber bullet that ricocheted off a desk and into a student's right arm. Dunlap, who is 73 years old, is also a longtime township trustee who's running for re-election in November. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to help his election. I don't think that's going to help his... I think he's trying to shoot his campaign. way into office. <laughs> yeah. well, one thing, shoot his way out, that's for sure. Well, one thing that bothers me about this, and I'm not going to claim that I came up with this theory. I'm going to give Aaron from Sage Dynamics, friend of the show, credit for this, but he, he they keep saying it was an accident, it was an accident. No, it was a negligent discharge. He was handling the gun and pulled the trigger on accident but the what happened was a negligent discharge it was he wasn't obeying the four rules he didn't have his booger hook off the bang switch so that being said who should we mental who, sh who should we put on the jack wagon train should we put the media that keeps calling it an accident or should we put him for being negligent? Well, it was still an accident. You it know, was. He, does, he didn't mean to do yeah. it. He didn't. Yeah. He's still a jack wagon for not obeying the four golden rules. Yeah. He he gets the mild jack wagon train because at least he was teaching a concealed carry carry class. <laughs> he, he gets the little. I bet he's not anymore. He, 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 he gets the little. He gets the little jack wagon train that rides around the mall for like five minutes. Doo -doo. You pay. You pay him like ten bucks because your kid's going. I want to 
to be on the jack wagon train. Not on the jack wagon train, but I want to be on that train. And then finally you get suckered into it. Here, here's 10 bucks. Take my kid around the mall. He's on that version of the jack wagon train since he is pro-gun and all. Okay, I didn't know we had that version. I just made it up. <laughs> okay. Completely made that up. That's another logo I'm going to have to come up with. <laughs> You're going to have a little kid going, I want to be on the train. <laughs> Can I be on the train, Mommy? <laughs> so that's our jack wagon train. Now, John, we've asked your counterpart five questions. Actually, technically, we've only asked them both three. We need to get They them. haven't got the new ones, they have had, they? You, you should feel privileged. You're the only one of the Reaper oh, team that is getting the, the, the fourth and list. fifth question. Well, yeah. this is good, then. This is a good deal. Yep. So our first question is, how did you get into firearms? Well, I think it's... Like most kids and people my age, um, back in the day, your father took you hunting, showed you how to use a weapon, and took you out hunting, squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, coon hunting. And I would just have to say my father got me involved into weapons because, you know, he used to take us out hunting and shooting and enjoying the outdoors. And that's what it's all about. That's a good answer because it jives with Reaper 01. So we now <laughs> know y'all weren't lying. You are brothers. <laughs> yeah, my my dad was really a city slicker. He didn't <laughs> like guns. And we moseyed upon one one day, you know. But no, that our dad was was a big gun guy and taught us real young, a real young age, not to touch guns if we didn't know if they were loaded. If we were touching a gun, make sure it's unloaded first. Awesome, you know, and get these things ingrained in your head on gun safety at a young age, and it helps you out in the future. Yep. You know, when you get older, so you don't have those. Bad habit. Now you if mentioned you that wait. you've you've got a daughter. Is is she into shooting? Do you do you take her out shooting? Well, at a younger age, she was all about it. Got her, a, you know, I didn't get her a four ten. I had a four ten, so she shot that a couple times. And twenty two, she shot that. And as she got older, she's thirteen now, eighth grade, and she just doesn't other um, interest, other priorities. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's the thing about a kid. If they're with their friends and they're hanging out and they're doing all the princessy stuff and, you know, <laughs> the, the laughing and the giggling, but then you actually get them into the outdoors, their attitude changes a little bit. And I know in my daughter it does when I take her up to our camp in Mississippi. I'll put her on the gun. She loves shooting my twenty two two fifty. She loves shooting the twenty two. Um, she actually wants to hunt. As I pull her out of that and go back into the city, it kind of goes away a little bit. Dissipates, but, you know, yeah. We actually went to yeah, so we went to an archery shoot, it was about three weeks ago, and she's all about it. You know, I've had her shoot bows before and stuff like that, and looking forward to the youth hunt this year. She's a pretty know? good so shot. Hopefully I'll be able to. Actually, I'm kind of surprised. Yes, she is. She's a, not saying that because she's my daughter, but I'm, I feel I, I wouldn't put anybody on a weapon and on a target, uh, at least a living animal, if I didn't feel that they could bring it down with one shot and... With her, I feel that being her first time, the amount of shooting that she has done with me, that I honestly believe one shot, one kill. I, I really believe that. It's just, and sometimes it's more in your genes than it is doing it all the time. I'm a really good shooter, and not that I'm the best, I'm not claiming that, but I'm, I'm a really good shooter, and, you know, it's something in my genes. Do you have any uh, military or law enforcement background? I do not. Um, okay. Really, when I graduated high school, I didn't want, I didn't feel like I had to go gung-ho into the, the Army, Navy, you know, Marines, and, or any of that. I had a lot of friends that went in, but as I got older, um, I seen what my brother was doing, and I never heard of a Navy SEAL until probably a year after my brother joined. Oh, wow. You know? And, yeah, I mean, where we grew up, I, I never knew what a SEAL was. I knew, 
I knew the four horses out there and kind of talked to them a little bit. So I was about 21, 22, 21, I think it was. And I was like, maybe something I want to do now. And I just, I started doing the running and the push-ups and the sit-ups and just getting my body prepped for it. But I didn't enjoy it. It was a boring thing for me. And I didn't want to make something like that a career. But there was no wars going on either at that time. Right. And a lot of these guys, you know, you do a lot of, you know, everybody thinks that these guys go out there and they just go running and gunning the whole time, but they do more training than they're actually on targets, mm-hmm. you know, and they do all these running and exercises and stuff like that to, to get to that point. And I just, I wasn't a fan of that. So I our, jump into something I want to go. Our third question deals with pop culture. Uh, what's your go-to whether it be a movie, a song, book that deals with firearms. It's related to firearms. Jeez, man. That's a tough one. It could be a TV show. You're talking to a a guy that doesn't even watch a lot of TV. One thing that does ring a bell, Uh a game. Okay, all right. That counts. You know, I used to take my daughter to the arcade. In the arcade, they had this orange box with an orange shotgun-looking gun. Yeah. And you could shoot moose deer yep. and all that other stuff. I don't know the name of the game. I think it's called Hunter or something big, like big that. Big Game Hunter, I think. Big Game Hunter. Yeah. That, that's I think it was Cabela's. Yeah, Cabela's put that out. I think they did, yeah. Yeah, and that is one thing I can remember I, I played, and I actually enjoyed shooting a big moose, right, so, and I so, wasn't hungry while I was shooting it. So you you're, know? you're bringing uh, games into this, which that adds a whole other level that we didn't even th- think about. Uh, when you go to the fair... You remember the old, uh, the little BB gun style guns that they would have set up, and you could go around and shoot the <laughs> shoot country the star out. Yeah, shoot the country yeah. bumpkins. No, you'd, it's like a little laser thing, and it would activate a, a little scene. or I something I remember like the that. shoot out the star one, but I don't remember that one. You ever seen that one? Uh-uh. They have like a diorama set up, like you're at the uh, Hatfield or McCoy's house or something like that, and you hit the bucket and it tips over. Or you uh-uh. sh- shoot know. Granny on her porch how, and she starts rocking. I'm old, dude. How old are you? <laughs> Well, you can't be that old because of the lasers and stuff. I don't remember that as a kid. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember a BB gun with 100 BBs in it, and you got to shoot out the yeah. stars and, to get a two-inch um, stuffed animal. Well, yeah. they started off with BBs, and then I think it went to air. I don't think it was ever laser, but it was like air maybe, and you were shooting air. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, know, I know one thing. You know, you're right there because I did go to – well, I've been to carnivals plenty of times, and I've shot them guns. I just never really thought about it much. You know, but I had the, the guy that was running the place show me how to actually do it. Because how to everybody cheat. gets up there and goes rapid fire, you right. know, and you got to do spurts in it, you know, to, to do, just squeeze the trigger, let go. Three round burst and, with uh, a BB gun. <laughs> yeah. You know, I did win that once, and that was the last time I ever won it because I could never do it again. I think they short me on BBs now. <laughs> That's what it is. They say, here's a ringer, guys. <laughs> I used to, yeah. I, I used to love the uh, the game at the the fairs, the guess your weight thing, because I'm a tall guy, but I don't look that heavy, but I am, and every single time I would win something. You keep telling yourself that, sunshine. <laughs> no, I am. I'm almost I'm 280 right now, and they would all guess ah uh, 220. It was a, wasn't it like a five pound swing they wanted or something like that? Yeah, it was oh, like they, yeah. they had to be within five pounds either 10 way. Pounds. And they would always guess like 210, 220, and I'm like, nope, and step on that scale and it'd swing up to 250 to 280, what I've fluctuated in the past 10, 20, 30 years, whatever. No, not 30 and years. And I'll take the goldfish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the, uh, the, the pitch game. 
Yeah. See how fast you could throw. Guess how fast you could throw it. And they glued the thing in it. And you could win a your favorite team's uh, batting hat. Yeah. Those little hard plastic hats. You remember those? Oh yeah. Wow. We're really going oh, off yeah. tracks here. <laughs> Well, so, so I, question I just, I just number four. It. Oh, we're going to four. I wanted to tell you a little story about a goldfish that I let's hear. It. No, go I for it. it. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> I left it in the vehicle, and I didn't find it for about four days oh. later. Oh, <laughs> my daughter sushi. actually won it at a carnival down here in New Orleans in the summertime, and they don't allow you to leave pets in the vehicles and kids for some reason down here because it only gets about 120 or 130 <laughs> in the vehicle real quick. Crazy law. Well, I went in the back of, uh, I had an Escalade at the time, and I started smelling something. Now, wait, was back. this was this the tactical Escalade that was in one of y'all's episodes? Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> mine, was old, mine was older. That has a little bit more pull than I do on the Escalade features, you know? <laughs> Mine was used and beat up, you know. <laughs> but um, it started stinking a little bit, and I just took and, um, like, eh, open the windows, and that would be good, and leave the windows open in the garage. And, you know, so I actually started rooting around. I found out, I figured out that my daughter, Goldfish, was MIA and <laughs> went back there. All the water leaked out. Oh. And then the fish you know, rotten back there, you know. And, and she never missed the fish. Huh? The snow. Well, you know, those fish don't last very long anyway. No, you know? they never do. So, we, we weren't able to eat it, so it was a sad day. <laughs> a roadkill's legal in New Orleans, right? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> it is in Tennessee. You, you have to watch some of these shows that are airing from down here, huh? <laughs> do they have some shows about roadkill? Um, I don't think yet, but I'm sure they will before too long. And you guys are probably giving them ideas about roadkill right we could now. Be the, they're, they're we right. could be the first. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're shooting the pilot right now, probably. Yep. You know? no. So the fourth question is, in your arsenal, is there any gun that you own that there's a little bitty part of you that is embarrassed to say you own it? Or have ever owned. Or have ever owned. Well, it's not. I still own this weapon. I don't have it in my possession. Uh, Reaper Zero One seemed to say that he wanted to take it. Uh-huh. You know, um, and he's going to modify it and trick it out a little bit, and I don't even know if they make parts for this gun anymore. What I did was, years ago, I had a friend. He bought a gun at a gun show, and, you know, it, it's kind of like one of these throwaway guns. It was a, it's a llama, 45 caliber. I'd never even <laughs> heard of a llama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, what I was, that's why I'm so embarrassed about this gun, because everybody I talk to know nothing about this llama. They must have been in business for a year. I don't know. We're going to do some research on this one. But, um, no, I see them on the Internet so, all the time. Yeah, they're throwaways, right? Kill somebody and throw it overboard, I guess. I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's but, one um, that you don't care if you lose. Up, yeah, because yeah, I ended up buying it off them for like 120 bucks or something like that. And... um I've had the gun, and I shoot the gun, and I enjoy the gun, but when I talk to people, I kind of, yeah, I got a forty-five, and that's about all I say, you know, and <laughs> I kind of trying to change the subject, you know, because... You got to deck you know, it out like bigger. Doug did his forty-five. <laughs> well, maybe that's what my brother's doing, you know? Yeah. But there's a company out there, Miltax, Knives and Tools, yeah. that goes out there and they make grips for guns and grips for your knife and you know when you buy a knife from them you can get matching grips and everything and so i asked them at the last trade show i said do you make grips for llamas and he goes what's a llama <laughs> you know, so. it's an animal that spits <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the gun that i kind of don't bring up to a lot of people i just own a 45 pistol that's what i tell people nice 
Fifth question would be kind of the opposite of, of the, the fourth one. It would be, okay, of your list of guns that you got to have, what's, what's next top of your list? Well, that's a tough one because uh, I'll tell you that there's so many good weapons out there weapon systems out there you know i kind of been trained to kind of use my 22250 at all costs because of the kick and everything else but once you start adding this weight to these weapons it kind of the kick goes out of them I- i'm i'm thinking what my dream gun would be would be something like a a lapua you know mm-hmm. maybe a 50 cal we actually just did do a build on the sig which is a, a 308 762 yeah. And Trigicon scope and, you know, um, got the lights, the lasers, you know, the suppressor. Everything's nice about that gun, and it shoots very well. So so a heavy, heavy caliber, just, long range rifle. It, exactly. Exactly. And then uh, PWF has a nice 308 762 out there as well. Ron, actually, or Reaper Zero One, actually has one. We were shooting that out to 1,000 yards. Wow. Not consistent. But we were we were hitting a, a steel plate to a thousand yards with that. That's sweet. Um, yeah, probably seventy percent of the time. So, That's pretty good. I mean, PWS makes a very good weapon system and platform and everything else. So I don't have a particular one that I would say I would have to have. But I, I do have many guns I would like to add to my arsenal. You seem you seem like an easy to please kind of guy, John. <laughs> yeah, you can you can throw some, throw some scraps on a table and I'll take it. You know, on a weapon system. <laughs> As <laughs> long as it shoots straight, that's all I care about. You know. You, you were talking about in question four uh, the throwaway gun deal, and I don't know if it's the same way in all states, but I know in Tennessee, if you get involved in a defensive shooting and you were uh, you're you're acquitted, everything they take your gun. I mean, your gun's gone pretty much. It's it sti- yeah, until it's, they investigate, the, right? And it's incident. and sometimes that may take years for until you're fully acquitted and everything's done. Yeah. And it kind of stinks because you paid, you know, you got a Glock, you're close to 600 bucks if you bought it new, and 1911, holy crap. That's one reason I wouldn't care about 1911. Unless it's a llama. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> one, I think the law should be different. You know, or a Rock if, Island if Armory. They, if they figure it out, they need to figure it out quicker, but it's just weird. Here's the thing. While. They shouldn't be taking your gun to begin with because in our in our country, you're innocent until proven guilty. Exactly. So there should be none of this taking your gun away. Bull. Well, you know, all that um, plays a factor with, you know, putting the guns in the wrong hands. And, you know, the the one thing that that I kind of... Hey, it's not the guns that are the problem. It's it's the people that that are carrying them. Starts there with the person. Oh yeah. You know, I was raised around guns, and when I was growing up, I never had anybody pull a gun on me. I, you know, I didn't live in the city. I lived in the country. You know, when we went to a fight, we went to a fight with our fists, not our not our knives and not our guns. You know, mm-hmm. to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. You're right. If somebody comes upon me or my family, and I shoot them defending myself or my family, and they take my weapon, that is here to protect me now and in the future they violate your constitutional you know, right exactly there's a fine line there and you know who 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 are we we're not the people anymore it's about big brother watching you the government watching you well one of the reasons we wanted to get you on the show besides the fact of filling out our reaper trilogy was hunting seasons are about to start I know I'm going on a dove hunt first of September, and we just want to talk about hunting in general. You know, so what are some of your favorite hunts that you love to do, whether it's with the show or just by yourself? Well, I'd have to say my my favorite hunts are when Ron and Doug are gone, and I can get (laughs) actually get on a weapon and get on a hunt. (laughs) 
<laughs> you mean <laughs> the camera doesn't saying, count? <laughs> turn on the camera. Did you get that? You know, um, that's my favorite hunt. Getting the heck out of Reaper sometimes, you know. We, we go on these hunts, and, and we go across the country and places I probably could only dream about going. And Y'all have some big hunts. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're East Coast hunters. You know, my brother and I grew up in the hills of Pennsylvania chasing down deer, and some were mythical deers. You know, they, they didn't exist. You know, <laughs> it, back then, if you shot a, a, a you know, a, a, we call them a spiker, just two points, you, you were the king of the school. <laughs> now, if you're not da- down in eight and ten points, you're the laugh of the school. So, it, it's, you know, we get to go out west and, you know, hunt some of these muleys, these elk, and probably my favorite hunt would have been probably our South Dakota hunt. I would have to say. Went out there in big skies, big open land, you got hills you're climbing, you're repelling into some spots that you most people wouldn't even go because of the struggle getting into there. And that that's my kind of hunt. And then living in a tent or living out in the open. You actually gotta work for it. Right. Exactly. And you know, some of these hunts we go on, we don't we only bring in one or two days of food. And when I say days of food, most people think breakfast, lunch and dinner. Well, I mean we bring in two meals where we, you know, we're out there for six days and we only got a two meals. Yeah, each. bare minimum. And yeah, and we, we go hungry and just makes you hunt harder, you yeah. know, to get the game so you can eat. It makes you, you know, sprint. It makes you sprint up to a hog and stab it with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please kill this one, Ron. It's big enough, you know? Come on. We need the meat. But no, just sitting in the, sitting over a campfire with two of my best friends. And cooking a backstrap or a hind quarter over an open fire, no spices, no TVs, no, you know, kids running around, just talking about the old days and, you know, hanging out. That, that's my kind of thing. And, yeah. and just enjoying it. Oh, yeah. You know, because that's the part of getting out to nature right there. What's your favorite so game the, to hunt? My favorite game to hunt is, unfortunately, coyotes. Hmm. Not a, um, Why, unfortunately? Uh, because my brother and Doug hate that. You know, um, <laughs> I got you. We'll be on a hunt and a coyote will run across us, you know, 200 yards away or sometimes 50 yards away. I don't know, but I'm like, I don't have the gun. I have the camera. I'm like, shoot it, shoot it, you know, because coyote hunting to me is kind of like what people do with turkey hunting. You hear them, you stalk them, you call them in, you shoot them. And they're smart animals. And they get wiser and wiser each time they get called. So bringing in an older coyote that's been called in several times and shot at several times and missed is, is kind of achievement. You kind of look at that and go, "Wow, I did it!" And mm-hmm. when you're when you have we, I don't go in the woods by myself a lot of times. I got two other guys that go in with me, and we got cameras, we got mics, we got all this stuff we got to bring in, and then we do a coyote hunt because we have time and we're able to bring a coyote in and shoot it. That, that's my kind of hunt right there. You know, it's kind of like a turkey hunter going out there, and he lives all year to just go turkey hunting. Right. Well, I live all year to get out there and coyote hunt. I mean, my last experience on um, coyote hunting was I went to Mississippi. I planted my green fields, so I went up two weeks later to go check on them and kind of bush hog and do some other stuff, and I got up there around 4. In Mississippi in the summertime, if anybody knows this, it, it's 100 degrees got some humidity humid and hot, hot. And yeah miserable uh, kind of like tennessee just miserable but worse <laughs> and i and i had my calls and i had my 22 250 and i said well let me go out there and try to call a coyote 
but I didn't bring the right gear. I had a long sleeve multi-cam shirt, you know, that we wear in the winter time and pants and boots. So I kitted up and I'm like, man, this is going to be hot. So I went out there, sat down before I even sat down. I was covered with sweat. It was hot. And I went to go call my, or grab my mouth calls and I grabbed my one and I went to blow on it. And it was so wet, it wouldn't even blow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was like blowing and I couldn't get anything out of it. So I had to clean it off and got it working, blew a couple times. I mean, within three minutes, I had a coyote come up on me 30 wow. yards away in my greenfield. So I ended up getting that coyote. But I mean, that's the stuff I enjoy right there. The, the spur of the moment. Yeah, Get out there and do it. And and, that's how dedicated I am and to it. Talk about John. You're you, you're talking about you're going and working your fields. You know your green fields and you know getting everything ready. Talk to some of our listeners that may not understand what you're talking about there when you're doing that and why you would well, do that. What I try to do is I have 300 acres in Mississippi and, and um, Reaper Zero One and I own it together, and we have these half to acre fields. And the deer are just dropping their horns, and they're going to start growing their new ones. So you want to get them some nutrition out there to help their horns grow mm-hmm. and help the, the mama when she's dropping her young, her, her babies and stuff. You know, it, it all helps out the whole deer population. You go, I go in there, you know, I'll diss the whole field, plant it with some soybeans or, you know, some I, I mix it up clovers and stuff like that, and then get these deer coming in and eating these fields. So it makes them healthier for the winter and prepares them for the winter ahead. Right. So that's kind of what these green fields, just not for me to bring in deer so I can kill them. It's so I can preserve the deer that are there and help their young to grow up for future deer. Exactly. Now, when it comes to different kind mm-hmm. of hunts, we, we need your help. Maybe left hand doesn't, isn't as worried about it, <laughs> but zero two old Doug and I were having a conversation about what hunt we're going on, and he was kind of rattling off some of the hunts y'all scheduled for this year. And mm-hmm. he mentioned a python hunt in Florida. Oh no! Uh-uh. Please, nope. please tell him don't take us to that. One. I hate snakes. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't, I, well, I'm the I'm the type of guy you can bring a box full of tarantulas and rats and gross stuff and throw it on me and i'll just brush them off but you bring a snake anywhere near me i'm frozen i will freak I don't out know, though but a big <laughs> i don't like snakes because they're the majority of them are smaller creepy crawly kind of thing i don't Speedy think a python thing. can sneak uh, up on me it's just the whole snake thing i don't know although well, i will say this if you had me on a snake hunt y'all would have some hilarious content well there you go we're gonna invite you and you're gonna have to go oh, you know crap. because I, I'm, Comic I'm probably the same way as you are uh-huh. i hate snakes snakes are probably i see a snake and i'll bust up like a girl and run away <laughs> and you know and I, I think ron's the same way i don't know how doug really feels about it but um oh he was know, stoked he said he wants to walk up to one and stab it in the head <laughs> Yeah, well, I want him to walk up to one and lay down and let it slither all over him and let me know how that feels. You know? I'm, I'm <laughs> Maybe the, that'll be an ep- part of the episode. I'm the guy that walks into the zoo, and I know there's like two to three-inch glass, and I still freak out just staring at him. It's like, oh, I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, because I'm going to be sneaky tell it everywhere. When you, you know, they say some of these get up to, I, I guess, six, eight feet long. Oh, yeah. In the wild. Or longer. And I, I don't want to run across a, a six-inch one, let alone a six-foot one. Right. Know? 
And aren't they nocturnal they hunters? Yes, they are. Yeah, so, so we're all camping out and hanging out, and they're all over the place trying to find something. <laughs> well, that's when we sleep in the day and hunt at night. There you go. <laughs> you know, Bring the night vision. They, they become the hunted, you know, instead of the hunter. There you go. <laughs> so that, that's what, you know, that, that is a hunt that we are we do have on our books for, I think it's in January. Yes, it's in January that, that we're going to go down there and, and whack some of these pythons. And then we have a pig hunt down there as well. And I, I think we have one more down there. We're going to do three hunts while we're down there in three different locations and just have so a ball at it. What's the know? weapon of uh, choice for killing a python? You shoot well, them or the, you stab weapon, them? Or? Well, well, I'm going to actually... You choke them out? <laughs> three weapons on top of me and... One is going to be my brother, my big brother, Reaper Zero One. Yeah. I'm going to be behind him the whole time. <laughs> I can could, I could see all of us cowering time. behind Reaper One as he's creeping up to the python, and we're all just kind of... We're, we're all fighting <laughs> each other down. trying to volunteer to be the cameraman for the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't... I want to be B-roll because the B-roll's in the back. Yeah. The main camera, you can be the main camera in the front getting the tight angle shots on it. Jeez. And then uh, Reaper Zero One coming in for the kill. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the one hugging Reaper's leg. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to try some uh, some throwing knives down there. Oh, oh that's cool. cool. You know, and then what I have, too, is a hatchet. I want to try a hatchet out down there. Maybe, oh, and then what I think hatchet. I'm going to make Reaper Zero one is a trident. Ooh, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, for the seal trident. That would be a good weapon of choice. Yeah. Well, you know, now that you're saying all the different things, that would kind of be cool to have like one of the big long, you know, cold steel makes those spears. I've got, I've got uh-huh. one. Yeah, use one of those because that, that gets you enough distance between you and the snake. It's called a Bushmaster. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I, I could do that. Hey, maybe this, this we could be onto something. I'm, th- I'm thinking flamethrower. Uh, definitely. Oh, flamethrower. Flame, yeah, flamethrower. <laughs> I just don't know if they're going to allow that, us burning down the Everglades. <laughs> <laughs> so think of the entertainment value. To cook some good food, you know? Yeah. Let me ask you guys this question. If you guys go with us, uh-huh. are you willing to starve a little bit yeah. and uh, eat, eat one of these snakes, or are you guys willing to uh, bring a catering service and, and get it done? Oh, we'll starve, but see, I got an advantage. I got a bigger gut than all of y'all that I can feed off of for as long as I want. <laughs> we could feed off you, too. <laughs> worst came to worst. <laughs> we have fricassee Zeke. <laughs> It would be y'all's greatest rated show ever. <laughs> Mostly because it would be played on CNN because everyone gets arrested. <laughs> Cannibalism. Yeah. So now it's time for facts, facts to, fight to fight the myths. Myth. And since you are our guest, John, Reaper03, uh, go ahead and tell us your myth and the fact to fight it. Well, my myth would be um, smoke from a fire. Reaper01 seems to think that covering yourself in smoke helps you and takes all the scent away from you. But if you go around a person <laughs> with smoke all over them, they smell like a forest fire. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if deer and animals would run from that smell or come to that smell. Well, you would think if they smell fire, they'd run away. Exactly. Yeah. But if they smell smoke, then they know the area is clean because it's just smoke smell. Mm-hmm. And they don't see the flames. Or is it the beginning of and a fire? fires are kind of part of nature. Although it does so, get rid of the human scent. <laughs> it does get, I would think it would, except if you were cooking a deer. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. Then you'd have deer scent on you. 
that, that would be my, I, I, I don't know one way or another, because I, I don't know how you would prove something like that, because one day you could see deer and the next day you couldn't, you know, with or without it. So Left Hand, what's your fact to fight the myth this week? Well, actually, I've got one from one of our lead heads. It's Jeff C. Jeff is actually from, where was he from? He's from He's England. from England. From, yeah. I don't, I'm not Great Britain, say. I know. I, don't, I can't well, remember if it was England or not. It's England. Okay. I'm not going to say where in England, but Jeff C. Uh, sent this in. This is his, what he says. It says, Reloading with Hickok 45. Your shows are always great fun, and I especially enjoy the interviews and guests. Hickok 45 is a fantastic guest, and I really enjoyed your discussion on reloading. There's one thing which you and Hickok 45 agreed about, with which I'd like to disagree. I'll present this as my fact to fight the myth. The myth being casting your own bullets isn't worthwhile as it's too slow, too hot, and too smelly. Well, if you've only ever had a go with a double cavity mold and a small lead pot, then yes, I can see why this would put you off. Here's my technique. I use two high-capacity molds in tandem. For instance, last weekend, I cast with a Lee 6 cavity and an Accurate Molds 5 cavity, both dropping bullets from my 357 Mag Marlin lever gun. Using a big old cast iron saucepan full of alloy, I fill one mold, set it down, then fill the other. By this time, the first six bullets have cooled enough to drop from the blocks. I then close the sprue plate, refill with molten metal, and repeat the process. I can easily fill and empty the two molds in one minute, which is an hourly rate of about 650 projectiles. This is not just an ideal rate, it really is attainable. In my last session, I cast for three 45 minute periods on Sunday afternoon after tidying away. I checked my bullet count, and I checked my bullet count by weighing my mountain of shiny new components. I've made 1,700 good quality bullets from free alloy recovered from my local indoor range. So in a couple of hours, I've made enough bullets for 15, 10 to 15 weeks worth of shooting. And he goes on. Good shooting to you both and all at the network. <sighs> okay. Thanks. I can read fast, can't I? Yeah. Th- thanks, Jeff C. <laughs> no, we really do appreciate it, Jeff. Brethren from overseas. From across uh, the pond. My fact to fight the myth, I'm going to go back to the hunting subject. And a lot of people don't wear a tree stand harness. And their myth, and the big myth is, it can't happen to me. I've hunted in tree stands my whole life and I've never fell out. That's, that? that's them falling out of the tree. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, it's just like carrying a handgun for personal protection. There is probably, what, a 1% chance or less that you'll ever have to draw that handgun on somebody in a defensive situation? But do you want to be on your deathbed going, dang, I should have had that gun? Same thing with the deer harness. Yeah, maybe there's a very slim chance that you'll you'll fall out of that tree, but I don't want to be falling out of the tree going dadgummit so that's my fact to fight the myth if you're going hunting and you're in a tree stand wear a harness buckle up exactly so our trivia for this week as you heard we had max michelle on earlier and he broke a couple records down in florida he has offered to give away something very very cool due to the the magnitude of the value of this giveaway it's going to be a little harder than usual two-part question two-part question and so what first part of that is what he's giving away is a pair of eyewear. A pair of his signature eyewear. And you need to tell us what brand that eyewear is. And then the second part is you need to tell us what records, what speed records Max just recently broke and where. So send us an email to talkingled at gmail.com. You can post it on Facebook, wherever you can get a hold of us, and tell us what is the brand of the eyewear he wears and what records he broke in Florida recently. We will put the correct answers in a drawing, draw your name, and Max will send you that said eyewear. 
So I've got an apology slash correction from a few shows back. Not giving credit where credit's due. Exactly. We had a. I said we had a listener that told me about Falling Skies, and we had fallen in love with Falling Skies, which we really did. Um, and I wanted to give him credit, and it's Thomas L. Thank you so much for that, Thomas. I am giving you credit where credit is due. Falling Skies is awesome. And then he talks about another show, too, right? Yes, he does. He talks about the uh, strike back that's on Cinemax. Basically, what it is is a British intelligence team on various uh, bad guy killing missions find a lot of action, accurate tactics, and more black guns than Texas. This is the best gun show on TV by far. Firearms are highlighted rather than just props that the action that the actors are holding. So he goes on and talks about that, Strike Back. I've heard a lot of good things about that. I hadn't had a chance to watch it yet, but everybody should check that out. If you don't like it, you can blame Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Thomas L. So, Zeke, you've got some uh, iTunes feedback yes. for us. What do you got? We do have some new iTunes feedback. It's confusing, but it's interesting. We have great podcasts. Five stars by Mark010111. These guys always have great guests. And Zeke and Left Hand are somewhat intelligent. Okay, he's giving us a little credit there. Yeah. Probably more than we deserve. It could be be a half insult. It could be a half. I'm taking it as not an insult, but a compliment. Yes, a half half compliment. I'll take it. Yeah, I need it. That compliment is half full. Yes, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we also have another one good stuff five stars by travic oh gosh t-r-a-v-i-c-l-y-s-m whatever that name is he gave us five stars thank you says been listening for quite a while now and it's amazing how you guys have progressed i enjoy your approach to firearms from a novice point of view thanks and keep up the good work fellas thank you very much travis yeah Okay, now we'll call yeah. So we got a uh, Facebook one. This is from Kevin P. And this gets back into our uh, our segment that we're going to have from time to time where we're talking about more prominent people, you know, whether they're an athlete or they're an actor or something like that that's uh, responsible with firearms. And he goes in to say, Hey, guys, just listen to your Athletic Jack Wagon podcast. Let's not forget another athlete that is a well-recognized responsible gun owner, Phil Robertson. Although uh-huh. he wasn't in the NFL he was certainly a good quarterback at Louisiana Tech. And for those who don't watch Duck Dynasty, Phil Robertson is... The daddy. He's the main guy on Which Duck I got Dynasty. a correction for you. Okay. The actual story is Terry Bradshaw was Phil's backup. Phil was apparently a better quarterback than Terry Bradshaw was. Right. Phil quit his junior year to start a duck call business. Is that what it was? Which turned into Duck Dynasty. I was thinking there was an injury or something uh-uh. that, that went into he, that. He quit to start a duck call business, which turned into the dynasty that is Duck Dynasty. And right. if if Phil would have never done that, we could have had Phil win the, what was it, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowls? Or he'd be Steelers. sitting right next to Howie Long right. on. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> doing commentating. Yeah. So that's a pretty interesting story there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we appreciate you sending that in, Kevin. So we're going to announce a, a couple of new sponsors. First one being... Our first one is ICE. ICE Training. training. Uh, and Mr. Rob Pincus just happens to be on the phone with us right now. How's it going, Rob? Great, guys. I'm uh, really proud of you guys uh, inviting me to be part of the show and uh, letting us participate. Looking forward to uh, keeping everybody posted on what is going on with ICE Training Company. Of course, we got the classes on the range and uh, a lot of the media content, the books, the DVDs. I'm sure I'll slip in some information about Personal Defense Network. Uh, For those not familiar with us, our uh, flagship program is the Combat Focused Shooting Program. It's an intuitive 
defensive pistol course. Um, we've got its uh, sister course, the carbine or rifle course. And uh, we just do a lot of different things and, you know, all centered around education and helping people prepare for that uh, worst case scenario that hopefully doesn't ever occur, but we know it might. And uh, I really appreciate everything you guys do to help people get educated and uh, share the news of the industry. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, of course, being on air with you and uh, getting to meet some of the uh, viewers and listeners that you guys have. Appreciate it, man. Well, Rob, we're really we're excited. Really appreciative here, too. And we're really excited about having you on board and, and learning and not only us learning, but our listeners learning everything that you guys have to offer because you are a huge uh, outfit that has uh, all kinds of different offerings, not only the training, but product as well. So it's going to be a very interesting partnership that we got here. It's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be awesome. And check- I'm looking forward to it. And you guys will get to meet some of the other staff instructors we've got, the other CFS instructors, and uh, I'm sure we'll also talk about some of the product stuff as well. Awesome. And to check out ICE Training, go to icetraining.us. Appreciate it, Rob. Right, guys. you got a whole year to figure it out. <laughs> talk to you later. See you, man. Thanks, Rob. So let's talk a little bit about U.S. Elite Gear. U.S. Elite That's Gear, right. y'all have heard Jim Irwin on our show before. He works with them. And one of the things that really intrigued us about them is when we first met Jim, he and Left Hand and I were talking about U.S. Elite Gear. And we. One, one of the cool things that he, <laughs> we was, were talking. he was talking about is his sales approach is building that relationship and finding out exactly what you need. And it's not force-feeding you what the newest company that wants them to sell the most of or he's going to get a bonus if he sells the most mm-hmm. you know sunto watches or whatever they custom fit each of their clients with what they need right whatever by kit. asking questions and building that relationship and you can trust these guys you can find out about them us-elitegear.com you can get all kinds of cool gear from them also if you enter the code talking lead at checkout you will get a discount that is correct and they are veteran owned and operated yes they are so check out us elite gear thank you so much for coming on board with us we're really looking forward to our new relationships with us elite gear and ice john we've we've heard about how to get a hold of uh, reaper outdoors why don't you refresh our listeners memory on how they find out about you guys what you got coming up what you got coming up become part of reaper nation that's what i got to say (laughs) um you can you can go to www.reaperoutdoors.com and check out our website. You can comment on the shows by going to www.reaperoutdoors at gmail.com. That's our website, I mean, our email address. And you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter. And I hear that we're getting into Instagram as well. Yes, you are. I've seen y'all on there. And and that is a product of Doug, uh, Reaper Zero Two, that uh, started that. And, you know, we hope that develops into something as well and reaches more people. And also our other sponsors, Firearms Radio Network, bandwidth sponsor, firearmsradio.tv. Holder and Green, HG Press Professional Real Estate Services. For all your Middle Tennessee real estate needs, call 1-800-615-1840, extension 2222. And the guys there can help you with any of your real estate needs. And All or Nothing Tattoo Company, that is allornothingtattoo.com, and their gear store, strangleholdmerch.com. So, left hand, we've got our uh, Kickstarter campaign that we've launched, and there are 22 days left. Actually, now 21. 22 days was yesterday. We've actually got 
some yeah we've got some sponsors little moolah donated not sponsors but we've got some uh, uh supporters supporters right exactly and what we're doing with this is we are putting together a kickstart campaign to get all the equipment to launch a tv pilot going to be very entertaining uh we're going to try to get it on a network if not the reason we're doing the kickstarter is so we can have all the equipment and we can throw it up on youtube so if people like the pilot and no network picks it up. We'll throw it on YouTube. And guess what? With the Kickstarter campaign, we've got all the equipment to do it. we got some really, really cool stuff that we're going to be doing with this. Check it out. Kickstarter.com and just search Talking Lead and you'll see it on there. And Artist and Tony brought up a good point. With Kickstarter, there's different reward levels. But that doesn't mean you can't donate a dollar. That doesn't. The minimum is a dollar, but Arson Tony was like, "Well, gosh, if people knew they could only donate a hundred or seventy-five or whatever, you'd probably have more." And and that is one weakness that I see that Kickstarter has. They don't make it clear that you can donate any amount if y'all want to donate to this. It's gonna be some really really cool projects that we've got in the works with this thing. We even thought TN Outdoors Nine gave me a good idea of of doing our NPR voices and like we did the other and day and asking our. Listeners you, and supporters. Do you, do you for, enjoy the content that you hear money. on Talking Lead? What's it worth yeah. to you? Is it worth a dollar a day? A great way for you to show your appreciation <laughs> and your liking of our show would be to go and donate five million dollars, three million dollars, and we'll in turn show We're, our gratitude. If you donate five million dollars, we'll buy an entire network ourselves. <laughs> And we'll have you as a guest on every, half an episode. Every show. On half an episode. You will be the new host you will get with to be us on Talking Lead. An extra. Don't listen to Zeke. You'll be in the background. That hand would be gone. <laughs> I think we'd both uh, be gone. Left hand would be in Tijuana, baby. <laughs> Like to work Monday making, and you guys are gone. I mean, Tijuana making different kind of movie. <laughs> I I'd get a hundred grand of it, and I'd be like, "Oh, cool, we got we got all this fixed." And left hand's like, "I quit." Next thing you know, he's he's in Tijuana with four million, and I've got this guy sitting next to me that donated, going, "Hey, you know, I paid a lot for this." He's sitting there giggling the whole time. Yeah, I'm here with Zeke. Oh, yo, yo, it's, it's Zeke. Well, thanks, John, for calling in, spending the show with us talking a little bit about hunting and we'll have to do it again soon looking forward to that hunt with you guys hopefully not the boa yeah, hunt. when you guys come down we'll have snakes available for you all to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't want snakes <laughs> and as always left hand keep, keep your, your loved ones close and keep your firearms closer